welcome to the Mama Marketer Podcast. I am your host, Olivia, and I am here with my new friend, Ashley. Um, she's someone that I actually just saw on Instagram, like once I moved to Wichita, or to the Wichita area, to be clear, um, and I was just kind of noticing like other accounts that I thought were really cool, and she was one that caught my eye, and then I finally got up the nerve to Instagram message her. I slid into her DMs and was like, come on my show. <laughs> so, um, so Ashley, tell us a little bit about yourself, including what your Enneagram number is, if you know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, yeah, I am Ashley. I am a Wichita native. I own a social media agency. And more than anything, I would just describe myself as a huge foodie. I love trying new foods. I love finding like those kind of rare to find hole in the walls. Those are my absolute favorite. And my Enneagram is seven. Nice, okay, uh, so the enthusiast then, so. Yes. Very cool, and I'm a six, and okay. I always thought that I was a six wing five, which is kind of the, it's the um, kind of more introverted version, and okay. I always thought that was me because I have a sister who's a five, and I very much in the type that like can go out and be social and meet new people, but then I also kind of like need some recharge time. I get that. But lately I've had friends like close to me be like, I don't think that you're a wing five. I think you're more of a wing seven. Like I think you're more <laughs> of like a cheerleader I type. I can see that for sure. So I don't know, maybe I'm just a really solid six and I really am just like that's, half. That's funny because I was reading about, <laughs> I like was refreshing myself what a seven even is. Yeah. And I was like, this is me on a good day. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I usually need yeah. a little more research, recharge than maybe typical sevens, but yes. I'm sure there's discrepancies. Yeah. Well, that's what I love so much about Enneagram specifically is, like, I don't know the sevens. I'd have to look it up. But, like, a six, like, I know in on a bad day, I lean towards, like, a three where I'm, like, get okay. the stuff done, check the stuff off, let's go. And a six in a, on a really good day doesn't yeah. even look like a six. It looks more like a nine. It looks more like huh. a peacemaker where it's, like, really good. Everything's good. You know? So cool. I like that it will show you your weaknesses and your strengths and how they play. So we'll have to look up seven for you and kind of see what what those are. That's cool. Um, you're so into it. I know. I, you I know am. a lot about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because I really resisted it at first. Like, um, I was a communications major in college. Yeah. And so when it came out, I was like, oh my gosh, the last thing I need is another personality <laughs> test. I took the numbers. I took the animals. I took the colors. Yes. The letters. I don't need another one. So I resisted it for a long time. And then my church started using it to figure mm. out where to plug people in for volunteering. Oh, that's super interesting and that so a I was, church would do yeah, that. That's yeah, cool. and so I was like, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't just be like ignoring this as another run-of-the-mill thing. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of why I like cool. knowing that. So, okay, so tell us a little bit. So the Instagram account that first caught my eye was ICT Broke Girls. Um, and like she said, she's a foodie. So it's like her hand, her little description is like, I just love to eat um, and not spend a bunch of money while I'm doing it. And so I loved that. And what specifically caught my eye about it, and hopefully you'll tell us the story of this, was that you also had Austin Broke Girls. And I just moved here a few years ago from New Braunfels. So New cool. Braunfels was like smack dab between Austin and San Antonio. Um, of course, I was in Austin a lot, being a digital marketer and having a firm. As soon as Facebook opened there, I was like, whatever I got to do to get my name on lists for South by, all that stuff. So um, I thought it was cool. cool that it was another person um, that had experience in both markets. Um, so tell us a little bit about those projects and how they came to be. And yeah. Well, it's really cool about your, like, you know, thing in New Braunfels. Yeah. I, about five and a half, six years ago, I moved to Austin, Texas. Um, it was my first time outside of Wichita, like, wow. living anywhere else, and I absolutely loved it. I tell people you know? that Wichita has an Austin vibe, that, like, 
it I has see that especially like a south congress vibe a i get that vibe Austin, yeah yes yeah i so i definitely feel that i feel like there's been a ton of like small businesses opening up that give like the hipster vibe mm-hmm. which i'm into but yeah um yeah i, I went to austin <laughs> i loved it you know i found that there's all like every day there's a new happy hour there's a new restaurant and there's a lot of people with money yeah but there's a lot of people that are really just trying to get by and i felt like there weren't a lot of accounts really highlighting more of the cheap stuff in the town um it was more like the boozy type Mm. of happy hours for sure so i started that account and it was mainly kind of to you know encourage myself to get out because i moved i didn't know anybody yeah um, so it was just a way to kind of explore the city, and I really met a ton of great people through the site, or through the account, um, a lot of great friends, and when I moved back to Wichita, I decided to just kind of recreate that yeah. concept, um, ICT Broke Girls, mm-hmm. you know, who doesn't like cheap food, wherever <laughs> you are. Even if you're the bougie type that can afford, like, <laughs> gold flakes on your steak, like, one, 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 there's going to be a day where you just want a hole in the wall, like yes. greasy spoon, as my parents would call them. Like, you're just going to crave that someday. Like, I, really. <laughs> I love, I feel like, you know, even if I had an infinite money, I would probably still be going back to, like, yeah. kind of the greasy hole in the walls, yeah. for sure. Very cool. Okay, so um, I saw on your ICT Broke Girls page, because, of course, I was creeping on you earlier, that you have <laughs> a survey there. So I didn't take it yet, because I wanted to kind of see, like, what is the... What's the goal with the survey and what you're doing with it? And then, then yeah. I figured I would try it. <laughs> I feel like the, like my account has been really fun for a lot of reasons. You know, I like just talking about food, but I've been able to really get a lot of good insight on what people want in Wichita. Yeah. And I'm trying to get enough information that I feel like it's really useful to restaurants so I can bring it when I do hopefully market with them. Very cool. You know, so it's questions like, what do you consider is even affordable? Like once you mm-hmm. leave a restaurant, like what do you feel good about spending? Yeah. How far will you drive? You know, mm-hmm. like Wichita people do not like to drive very far. Oh yes, I like, have learned that this whole east side <laughs> west side thing. And I have like close family that lives like center, like central Wichita, and I'm south of Derby. And you would think I still lived in Texas. It's very Tupac and Biggie here. I would <laughs> yes. say uh, with yeah. the east side west side and the south side. I feel like that's not even in the like. No, equation. we don't even talk about it. <laughs> We just don't even exist. <laughs> like, you go to a store, and they have the cutest merchandise with, like, College Hill, Delano, yeah. and it's like, we're just going to pretend that, like, yeah. Southside doesn't yeah. exist. But, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I got to love it. People are very uh, side conscious. Yeah. They don't drive far. Yeah. But you got to drive far sometimes to get those hole in the walls. Like, they, they're not in maze, you know what I mean? Well, what is the point of living in a city that has all these awesome bedroom communities if you're not going to go yes. experience them? Like, and it's like you probably still have the great feeling of you're driving and you're like this this drive is not bad the yeah. roads are not crazy in Austin oh my gosh you would need like a Xanax to like really get through when someone <laughs> complains about traffic in Wichita like a part of me because my husband used to go mileage to work he would work in San Antonio and we like I said we lived in New Braunfels My Man. mileage was maybe. 30 minutes maybe 30 miles 20 miles maybe he would sometimes be on the road an hour and a half it was the most like that that stretch of 35 from austin to san antonio is the most traveled and most dangerous stretch of highway that is crazy and we would sit in it all the time and so when people talk about like kellogg backing up or the construction or this and they that i'm like they don't even guys know have no <laughs> idea. i had to drive from like almost the domain to like mm. south congress yeah which is like you're going from Austin to San Antonio, yeah, basically. Pretty much, yeah. 
Yeah, and now San Antonio, I re- I went back one time after moving here, and um, in like the Shirt Cibolo area, they opened a um, IKEA, okay. and it was literally like. I think I was accidentally People there, like, opening weekend crazy. or something, and I was trying to go back and forth from, like, friends in San Antonio to friends in New Braunfels, and I spent the whole weekend on the on the highway, oh my gosh. and I was like, please get me back to Derby <laughs> as fast as possible. And that's the one thing, it's like, you know, you, when you come back to your hometown, when you come back to Wichita, you appreciate so much. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. So it's been interesting to see people's takes on just, yeah. you know, what it's what people think about Wichita dining. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the idea of um, being able to go to these restaurants either for a marketing deal or an actual marketing contract, like, and you're having this insight because you can have the best analytics in the world on your one restaurant's properties. You're going to be bringing different insight and different analytics than someone that's just looking at theirs. Like, you're bringing the whole picture. So that's really cool to use. So definitely fill out that survey, guys. Um, And, (laughs) yeah, that's cool that you'll be able to use that for... A relationship yeah, with the hopefully. restaurants. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so since we're talking restaurants, I know it probably changes because you get to go to a bunch of places a lot, but what are, like, right now your favorite places to eat? Yeah, I made a list of, like, just my staples, places I love. Um, I would say Chiang Mai is my number one place. I okay. love it. It's the best Thai food in Wichita. Okay, you're going to have to try it. <laughs> like that. It's on South Hillside. It's okay. worth the drive. Um, I love Tao's Bistro. Okay. It's on South Broadway, and I feel like we have a like a really great Southeast Asian demographic, and you can really taste that in the food here. Mm-hmm. And Tao's Bistro has like really uh, rare Vietnamese dishes that it's kind of hard to find, so that's definitely a good okay good place to check out. And I love El Salvadorian food. Like if you've ever had mm-hmm. those thick pupusas, they're so good, yeah. so filling. Um, Usulteco on South Seneca is a really good place to get that. And I love Korean food. Manawak is just like the OG spa- yes. spot here in Wichita. Have you okay. Been? I've never been to any of these. Oh, I'm okay. really cool. excited because I do like Asian food. I don't always venture out. Part of that is because I have a husband where it's not his favorite and I have kids where like, oh my gosh, the one lives on like ham sandwiches. So he would never be down for, for this. Sure. But oh my gosh, I'm definitely going to go visit these places now. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely check out, I feel like NNJ's, it's not necessarily like under $5. It's a little more pricey, but it's good Mediterranean food for oh sure. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love Mediterranean food. That Now that I could take my husband to. There was okay. a place in San Antonio, Pasha, that we loved. Nice. They would have like the lamb hanging and you could Ooh, actually see yes. it and they would like cut it Right from the lamb. He would for like you. that then. So he can get the kebabs. He'd be yes. Good. yes. Okay, so we need to try that. That's awesome. Um, and to your point about like what is considered expensive and what's considered budget friendly, what do you, as the expert, I would say, what do you consider um, like for just two people for like a date night? What would you consider on the high end and what would you consider on the budget friendly end? It's interesting because a lot of people I feel like that follow me, they're all over the place kind of and. I feel like it's hard to say, but if you can order an entree and a drink without tip and tax and everything for $20 with, you know, like, that's not right. bad. For one person, yeah. Yeah, that's like yeah. a filling sit-down place. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's pretty affordable. Yeah. So with two people, I would say if you leave with, like, around 40 Okay. And you feel stuffed and yeah. you feel like you had a good drink. I would agree with that's that. That's pretty cheap, I would say. Yeah, I would agree with you that. Know? I think that makes sense. Um, there's, I know there's certain places that, like, we will look at the menu, and I always determine two things from the menu prices. I always determine, what am I going to wear? If That's entrees true. are more than, like, 25 right. bucks, then I'm 
I need a shave. Yeah, like my husband, yeah. <laughs> we were going out for a date night the other day, and we were going to Dino's, because I had a coupon. Okay. And my husband was trying to walk out the door in flip-flops, and he was like, is this okay? And I was like, um, let me check. <laughs> and I had to check, and I saw that it was bar food, and it was going to be fine, so he yeah. could wear his flip-flops. Um, and then the other <laughs> thing I determined based on entre- like entree uh, price is, do I want to bring the kids or not? Mm. So, because for us... And you know it's bad when they don't even have the price. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then I'm like, this is not for me. Um, but there are several places where, like, we won't go as a family, but we'll go for a date night and go all out. Yeah. But I'm not going to take my kids there, one because of price, and then one because of just, like, pickiness. Like, I was just yeah. telling someone the other day, we tried this, uh, it was back in Texas, and it was, like, a brand new pizza place that people had been, like, it was going to be all, like, farm fresh foods and artisanal and all the good things. So we went there, and we had been telling my son, we're going to go to this new pizza place, and we ordered this, like, margarita pizza with, like, spinach leaves on top. And, it, I mean, it was, like, amazing. My son, when it came out and they placed it in front of him, bawled. Like, bawled to the point where someone, oh had to, someone brought him a slice of pepperoni. Because he was like, oh, I thought <laughs> we were having pizza. And we're like, buddy, this is, I like... love how that's, like, trauma for him, <laughs> yes. you know? Yeah. But I same. Mean, but same. Yeah. I wish I would have had, funny. like, a camera because I was like, that... Could not he have been better. Appreciate the unique taste. <laughs> yeah. no, we're not quite there yet with that's my kids. Right. So yeah, that's something that like for me, and I think I'm around the same. I'm around like the 2025. Like if the entree is pushing 2025, I'm like dress nice, leave the kids at home. Yeah. Less than that, we can go as a family, yeah. go as a group, and have fun. Yeah, so. for sure. Awesome. Okay. Um, so I just recently, I did not know until I was stalking you that you <laughs> also had a social media company, um, digital marketing company. So tell us about. Abedini. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure if I was. Where's that name come from? Um, it's Persian, okay. Middle Eastern, from okay. Iran. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Okay, is that your ethnicity? Yeah. Okay. My dad's from Iran. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so cool. I wondered um, when I when I clicked on it because I was like, this has got to be a family name or Most a language I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. People think I'm Italian too with Olivia. I don't know why. Um, I'm like, no, guys, I'm I'm just boring Mexican. I'm sorry. I'm not, like, I'm not, a, like, exotic or anything. I'm just... Hey, that's, that's pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so tell us about um, Abedini Social, um, how you started it, what your goal with it is, your main clientele, that type of thing. Yeah. Well, I've done freelance for a while. Um, I had my last, like, full-time advertising agency job was probably four years ago, three and a half years ago. And I just, I wanted to do my own thing, so I kind of dived into the freelance world, and after a while, I just felt like it made sense to have my own agency, you know? Uh, So I love working with small business owners. You know, working, I feel like directly with just one or two people is so simple. I love that structure. You know, one thing I hated in the corporate world was, like, there's so many, you know, different people, there's so many different avenues to get something approved, and I kind of hated that bureaucratic type nature. So that's what I really enjoy. Um, I can't tell you how many days when we had an agency uh, back in New Braunfels, I would stress over client approvals. Because at a certain point, we got to the size where we had big enough clients to where if I messed something up, it was going to be a problem. It wasn't a buddy that would be like, oh, we understand that. Didn't really go over well, but whatever, try again. Like it started that way. But then as we got bigger clients, and so I I had a business advisor that was helping coach us through a big time of transition, and she was like, you've got to get client approvals. Do not post a single thing because of liability until they approve it. Well, then they would never approve anything, and two weeks would go by with no content. Not that I didn't write it, because I wrote it. Yeah, that's But it didn't get to go out, and... You need to be creative and thought forward, but, like, a lot of times when you're working in that kind of environment, like, it's hard because 
you are given such very strict like parameters. Yes. So it's been really cool to kind of do my own thing, you know, play around. I I love Instagram, Facebook. I love really getting people's communities engaged and yeah. ultimately like helping engagement with them. Yeah, yeah. What would you say is your favorite platform right now? I love Instagram. Okay, same. Just same. in general, I'm like obsessed. I'm yeah. on there too much. People keep telling me <laughs> to make the jump to TikTok and I'm like... I love viewing TikToks. Yeah. I'm not at the point where I can like make effortlessly. Yeah. Literally, it, it's not my first thought to be like, oh, I'll make a TikTok yes. of this. Yeah. But I'm starting, like, I do love TikTok. I have found so many cool creators. Yeah. And like, I feel like I've learned a lot. Like, there's just black holes of like knowledge in yes. TikTok. Yeah. But it's, it's like a wide yeah. hole. For me, info. from a business, so from a personal end, I, I think it's fun. I've never tried it, but like, but I've like you people will send me the videos yeah. and I'll watch them. But from the business side of me, it's kind of like Snapchat, where Snapchat had just come out kind of towards the end of having the agency. And it was one of those where I would have a couple of clients that wanted to do it, but actually doing it well, doing it authentically, doing it in a way that furthered their brand or got yeah. them bookings was not happening and so TikTok for me is kind of the same like I remember yeah I remember when it first came out asking my younger sisters like is TikTok something I should do and they were like well you do a lot of like paid collabs and they're like we don't see a lot of people selling stuff on TikTok and then just recently they were like all of a sudden there's all this farm content so maybe you should put your farm on TikTok and do like different Mm -hmm. things that you guys are doing around so I'm like well maybe but I'm already doing that on Reels and I don't know I feel like on Instagram there's just so many different ways I'm like between the grids the stories the lives there's so much content there's well there's so many different ways to like like I'll have an idea and I'll be like well this could just be a static post but this could be a really cool reel like I don't know I love how much you're able to do in that and I just saw this isn't like breaking news but I just saw that they're actually going to start paying you directly for like if you have like reels and stuff that go viral which I'm sure is a huge number but viral according to Instagram they're just going to pay you directly for making good content like they've set aside like a billion dollars for the next calendar year and I'm like that's a pretty cool goal. Like right now I will get paid to like endorse a product or review a product or whatever. Um, But how cool just to not have to partner with someone else. It be my own thing and Instagram reward that. I think that's cool. I think that's really cool. And I, I've heard different things from different content creators. I feel like it's hard to get the engagement on Instagram that you used to have. Yeah. But that being said, like I still have find pretty decent engagement. Yeah. And it it might be just my niche or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure. Uh, But until I, you know, I mean, I I love it. I feel like I'm tuned in. Like, my clients, for the most part, like, I have one client that's a financial labor market type Mm. person who's not on Instagram. It doesn't make sense. But everybody else, I feel like you can usually find a creative way to target your audience on Instagram. Yeah. Um, And I love that you talked about engagement because I feel like when we had an agency, um, we had a quote from Mari Smith on the wall. Do you know who Mari Smith is? Oh, no. Okay, definitely follow her. Okay. Um, she is, like, the person I follow for, like, when Instagram or Facebook post updates, she kind of, like, dissects it okay. and tell us what it means as marketers. And she has this famous quote. Well, famous to us. I don't know. This famous quote that says, content is king, but engagement is queen, and the queen rules the house. And so we had her, like, poster on the board that, that we made with her thing. And so engagement continues to be a really big deal. And I was in um, a conference the other weekend that was for, like, influencers. And they were talking about how if you have, like, less than 5,000 people, like, what your engagement should be. And they were saying, like, the average engagement on an account with, like, 
I don't know, some big number, like 10,000 people, a good, quote unquote, good engagement rate is like one to 2%. And I was like, ugh. And so here on my like 1,400, 1,500 account, I was like, well, let me just check and see what my engagement is, you know? So I went and checked the insights and I was pushing like 12% engagement on 1,400 people. And so the whole concept of that was if you have good engagement, you should charge higher rates. Even if you have less people, Yeah, she called it the engagement multiplier. And I was like, yes, girl, using that, love that. Um, yeah, so that for sure. Be, yeah. I mean, because it's like, I think we're all getting more, like, savvy to, I mean, you can't obviously do things like you used to, like, buy followers. Right. Like, just the public, like, just like the perception of like, oh, this is a, we used to think this like account is happening. Metric. Exactly. Like we used yes. to look at the vanity, vanity metric now and it's like, what's the point though? Like yeah. if you follow more people than follow you and the people that follow you aren't relevant, they're never going to yeah. buy anything. They're never going to click on anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. I remember, okay, so this is, I wanted to kind of talk about like different strategies with you because this is one of those things where like two digital marketers can have two different ways of accomplishing a thing and there really is yeah. no right or wrong. And so you mentioned followers. I used to be the, the one that would tell people, not so much on Facebook, but on Twitter and Instagram, like people don't have to follow you and you don't have to follow them back. So I would tell my clients, like follow everyone back that follows you, like have your follower account and who you're following, have it be darn near even if you can, because like Beyonce doesn't have to follow me, I can follow her all day. But if she ever did follow me back, that would be crazy, (laughs) right? So I would be like, be that person that gives that to people. But then there's people that think you should only follow a tiny amount of people and like, that looks really cool and that makes you get more. And then there's people that say, follow way more people than you follow as like a goal. And so what's your thought? on that and yeah I mean to be honest I don't really think about it too much I feel like number one I don't want my my feed with people that aren't relevant right so I've personally had like on my food account the people I follow are pretty low I mean it's people I really do follow like I I want to see their stuff yeah yeah and so I hate when I follow more than a certain amount because I mean I only follow like 300 and something on my food account and I still feel like I sometimes don't catch all of the ones I want Um, But I do think it is important, like, it's not a bad idea to go through your followers and, like, interact with them. You don't have to be their friend to interact with them, and that's still a... That's a good point. You know what I mean? And it sounds weird, but a lot of people that I do that to, they say, oh, thanks for adding me. And they didn't realize I just liked their photo. You know what I mean? Like, so as long as it's genuine, and, like, something that I used to do that's kind of harder to get now, but I could... I'm kind of like playing with doing it automatically Mm. is I love creating surveys, you know, and maybe not sending a survey right away, but like what I hate is the chances of somebody following you and then they'd never see your post again is so high. Yeah. So like, how do we combat that? It may not necessarily be to follow them right away. Maybe it's just an introduction message like, Hey, so-and-so and like have it be relevant like put their name you know hey Mary yeah thank you so much for following me at my account and maybe mention something like I noticed that you had this in your account yes I something that. like that yeah and you probably can't do that for every person right you know what I mean depending on your growth but I think something like that could have more um, of a staying power than like following them and never commenting or anything right. like that yeah you know, I've started to go back through because I was one of those like because my Instagram just kind of started like it was 
completely private when I first when I first started. It was just a place for me to put like happy memories and review back when I was not feeling so happy and needed a reminder. And then once I moved here and all of a sudden didn't have client work that I was trying to balance with my own creativeness yeah. and could go full force, that's when it like took off. And so um, one thing I've started to do, so I was following a ton of people and brands and businesses and celebrities. I actually went through and with very few exceptions, unfollowed any blue check. I was like, I want real people in real life in my neighborhood. Yeah. Like, and so now the only people that I like immediately follow back or will maybe like send a message to is if their niche is similar to mine. Like if they post that they're a homeschool mom or a homesteading family or if they're in Wichita, like local okay. to me, that's what I want. I want like yeah. real people to engage with because the celebrities are not going to follow you back and engage with you. The brands are not going to follow you back and engage with you. Um, now if I'm working with the brand, I'll follow them yeah. temporarily. I do have um, this one account where it's just like, I just created this account to basically kind of follow people as like inspiration. Yes. So I just I like a random hodgepodge of cre- content creators that I look yeah. up to. And I do that so I don't have like a ton of people that I'm following that yeah. I don't know personally. Right. Which I know that's kind of like a lot to do, but yeah. that is one way around it. That's one thing that Twitter has done well is they have the lists. Yes. And even Facebook, you used to be able to cre- create a feed that was only specific people and pages that you added and so again it was a lot of work to set yeah. up and then they got rid of it so I'm that would be like, cool to do like a yeah like a list for instagram yes yeah maybe they should listen to this and add that mm-hmm. um <laughs> okay so talking on digital marketing tell us okay i'm going to ask you specifically about engagement um because that's something like even i i feel like i just told you i had a pretty decent rate but i still feel like i feel like we all i could do better, could do better exactly sure. yeah so what would you say is like your number one piece of advice for maybe someone starting out maybe a business for uh driving engagement I know it's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> but just your, like, num- like first thing that comes to mind for how you can have good engagement. I mean, I think number one, just, it's, you don't necessarily have a lot of comments in the beginning, but if anybody messages you, if anybody comments, I mean, you really, that's your priority is mm-hmm. to be as responsive as possible. Like, that does matter. And it might not be a big problem starting out. Um, and I would say, I think a lot of times people are just surprised that, how can I make engagement for my post? And I like to do the whole boost, like how do you boost, like what do you do to prime your post? Mm, Right. And so I do kind of a whole series of things, you know, like I try to be in that hashtag for a little bit. Right. I try to communicate with people that in my, like I know who's in my niche. I know the like 20 same people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So just kind of starting that conversation. So it's not like when I put a post up, it's like cold contact. Right. Like people, I've been doing Instagram stories, hopefully introducing the post. Yeah. You know, kind of lubricating it that way. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So don't just put... I used to tell people social media is powerful, but you can't put all your eggs in the social media basket. You actually have to be doing other things as a business, other real life networking. So it's kind of like don't put all your eggs in just the one post it might be beautiful and well crafted but like you said prime it and pump it in other ways which is so easy to do on Instagram specifically because you can have your grid posts which people are still looking at grid posts I actually experimented for a while um with some reels you know how you can do it to where it posts in your grid or it just goes to your reels feed oh yeah I was doing uh to where I wasn't having it go in my grid I was just having it share to reels and 
because I had read somewhere that no one actually checks, no one is looking at the actual Instagram posts. They're just going through stories and they're just scrolling through reels. They're not looking at like your photos, your grid. Oh. And so I was like, okay, well, let me just test this. So I had a couple, oh. I averaged like at least over a thousand on a reel. And so there was a couple last week where I was like, I'm going to not put those in my grid and see how they do. Instagram's all about reels right now. They should still do well. I got maybe two, three hundred. Oh, wow. And so most huh. of my real views that I was getting, because you can get that those analytics, yeah. were coming from people that were seeing it in the feed. So that's, I don't buy that people aren't reading the feed. That's encouraging, for yes. sure. Yeah. You so. know. I, I, for me, it's like I sometimes joke. It's like copywriting is dead. I mean, it's not. Yeah. But how do you get somebody to, first of all, look at your photo and then read it? Yeah. Because people aren't going to read it first. But, I mean, if they're... If they actually stop to read it, that's the thing. Yeah. That you're like, yes, I made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That is the whole <laughs> mystery of Instagram. Was it just, when I get a like, I'm like, did they just like my photo or did they actually like what I said? Because sometimes the two are very different. Like yesterday, I posted about a new podcast episode and I had like a new outfit and I needed a graphic to go with it. So I just snapped a picture of myself. But the content of the last podcast I did was pretty heavy. Um, and so I wonder if the people just like liked the outfit. Do they like that I'm doing a podcast, <laughs> or do they actually like? Does this content speak to them in a way that is maybe helpful? So yeah, it's a mystery. Which some of that, some of that you'll never know. But yeah, um, but yeah. it's like when you put all the like effort and time into a long caption. Yeah. And then there's no comments. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm still so glad, though. I remember celebrating when the page breaks. You're finally able to do, like, the line breaks in Instagram. Um, oh, okay. You used to have to do, like, the dots, you know, and now you can actually do, like, line breaks. And I do remember celebrating when that happened. Because sometimes <laughs> you just need a little break in the copy. But... But yeah, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my next few questions are still kind of about digital marketing. I was curious about how you feel about the digital marketing scene here in Wichita because when I was in New Braunfels, when I opened, there was maybe two other marketing firms and they were very much traditional agencies. They were still selling radio, print, mm. billboard, that type of thing. I was kind of one of the first social media only firms and it's because I wanted to work with small to medium businesses mom and pop businesses they couldn't afford billboards they couldn't afford radio ads but they could afford some Facebook help or some you know website optimization and so in New Braunfels my experience was that it was very cutthroat like uh, but of course when I I left and maybe because it, it is kind of a cliquish town and it is it's a tourist town so like there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. I mean, there are so many hotels, restaurants, bars, concert venues, floating places. Like, it's a tourist town. It comes alive yeah. in the summer. Um, and, yeah, it was cutthroat. I mean, I would have competitors go and talk to my clients because I had, them. I had like, a portfolio on my site. They would go and talk to them, um, tell them how I was going to steal all their passwords and take all their pages. Oh, wow. Like, it was, it was cutthroat. And luckily, I grew up in New Braunfels, so I would even have, like clients that I wasn't even working with that really I wouldn't even consider them friends but we were just both locals that would come to me and be like this person is trying oh, wow. to do this so like and it, so anyway so my experience in New Braunfels but it was very cut I feel like our my ours my uh, similarities might be di- similar yeah. because yeah. it's but, interesting because in Austin it was very competitive that see well, I was gonna say to, I was gonna say a little bit different because when I would go to Austin for South by or for Facebook or for they did they were the one of the first people that I knew of to do a social media week and so I went to it when it was like 50 people um 
I don't know if maybe it was because I was an outsider, like I wasn't from Austin. I felt like it was a little bit more like we're all in it together and there's plenty of work to go around and we don't need to be fight. But you're saying, so I was going to, my question was going to be, do you feel like Wichita is more like New Braunfels cutthroat or more like Austin collaborative? But you had a different experience in Austin, it sounds I feel like, like. I feel like in Austin, I mean, there's so many people moving there every day. True. Um, There's an agency on every corner now. Oh, it's, I mean, it, it was a bit crazy. Like, a little bit like Wichita, too. So I feel like, I mean, I would go to networking events, and it was a very calm, chill vibe. Like, people wore jeans. Yeah. People drank. Yeah. Like, people were very chill. But it was just, there was so much competition. Mm-hmm. And you always feel like there's somebody on the block who's mm-hmm. just maybe been around longer, like, knows more people. That was my experience. Okay. Um, and I guess it was, for me, maybe the experience I had, I wasn't actually competing with those people. I was competing with people back in New Braunfels. So maybe yeah. that's why I was kind of a guest in that market versus you were trying to, like, actually work full-time in yeah. that market. So maybe that's why. And it's interesting. So I worked at Facebook for a short bit. You did? Oh, yeah. gosh. I wonder. I went for a couple of events there. I wonder if it was, ever... It was so funny because it was the first job that I've had in Austin that, I mean, it's the Austin vibes, all right? Yeah. Like. You know, and, like, my last job in Wichita was extremely conservative. Like, I dressed up. I wore, you know, heels every day. Oh, gosh. It was such an interesting experience. Yeah. It was really fun. I mean, everybody was super young, which is good and bad. True. (laughs) Yeah. I felt like the community elder. Um, But, I mean, (laughs) the elder millennial. (laughs) True elder millennial. Um, But, no, it was fun. But it was – I just always felt like you had to be learning at, like – you had to be busy at all times, mm. kind of, to, like, stay on top of everything. Mm. Um, and I have found, and maybe I have a pretty biased opinion, honestly, like, when I moved here, I moved last November, and I got an office at The Hive in January. Mm. And I really like The Hive. I feel like The Hive is a super collaborative place, you yeah. know. And I feel like I've met so many friends in situations where they could have been looking at me like their competition. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like there's actually a lot of digital marketing services. There's a lot of digital marketing agencies here in Wichita that yeah. kind of surprised me, I felt like. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people, and it's competitive in its own way, but it's not, like, it's, like, the it's like friendly. Like, I mm. feel like people are actually, for the most part, helpful. Yeah. And that's probably because I'm in this, like, safe space of this hive that I know people that you know I know friendly people I've met people there like good genuine people but that has been my experience and I mean I think it's it is also biased because I'm from Wichita right like I know people here you know word of mouth helps a lot so it's hard when you're going to a city and you know you don't really know anybody yeah so there's that's kind of my experience at least and I've been in a weird spot because I have all this experience I've run my own agency for five plus years and here I am doing freelance and really all I do now is just like consulting like I no longer yeah. want to be the person that has to post your stuff every day I just want to train you or train someone how to I, do it I respect the merit in that <laughs> yeah it's just it's just too much work I mean I was just telling someone the other day people think a social media manager is a photographer a graphic designer oh, yeah. a copywriter a web designer a it's SEO expert like that is not those are all different jobs and it's becoming like <laughs> And I think about it, I truly love social media. I love, like, the consumer as- uh, consumer behavior aspect of it. I can't t- say confidently I would do this in five years because, like, that's just overwhelming to, yeah. like, be keeping up with everything. Yeah. Uh, 
but it'll be interesting to see yeah. how it goes. There's definitely things I would have done differently to not have the burnout when I had it. Like, I was just so focused on growth. Yeah. Um, and then in the beginning, I would work with, like, anyone that I could. And then I got a little bit more selective because my time was getting less and less available. And then it was, like, well, how do I manage the clients that took a chance on me at the beginning yeah. versus these really big opportunities and have competition down my neck and I went from just myself to three, four, five employees, especially during the summer in New Braunfels. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm running payroll. I don't know HR. I just wanted to make pretty websites. Like, oh, uh, this, I thought I had yeah. time. And so there's definitely, I always say if I could go back or if I decide to open an agency again, like I would put someone else in charge. Like I just want to be one of That's the creators. I feel like it's the balance because like. You know, you quit corporate because you want this free lifestyle and then it comes with something. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And then for me, it was like I grew into not the same corporate type of office, but I grew into yeah. having those same pains. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely if I could go back or I would just stay as I needed help. I would just have them be like their own contractors and not yeah. try to have an office and all of the Well, overhead. I think you're going the right way with the consulting. Yes. Because you have to keep in touch with social media. Like, you still have to know about it pretty yeah. well, but you don't have to, like, live in it. Yes. Maybe as much. Yeah. Which yeah. is always healthy. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, there's one uh, gal that's, like, a Christian influencer that I admire, and she cool. does week on, week off with social media. Oh, okay. Because there's been times where, like, my church will do, like, a social media detox or this and that, and I'm like, I cannot do that. Like, what little money I do bring in to contribute yeah. to the family or my fun money, my play money, like that happens on social. So I can't just turn it off yeah. for a week, but this lady makes it happen and makes it work. And I'm like, that's, that's cool. really inspiring to have that balance you said. Um, but yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit, you mentioned it. Tell us about the hive. Like we're actually sitting at the hive. I'm definitely going to get a tour and take some pictures to show you guys later, but tell us, tell us what it is. Yeah. It's a, you know, women's uh, focused co-working spot here in downtown Wichita. It's a really cool spot, you know. You can rent an office or just co-work during the day if you want, but they also have a lot of cool resources, like the podcast room we're sitting in now. Yeah. Um, a lot of cool equipment to record your podcast. So it's a really cool place. I mean, they have weekly events for networking. Mm, cool. That's a really cool, you know, place to come meet people, learn about various subjects so yeah. I'm really glad I joined you know I, I'm I joined in January when there wasn't a lot going on with COVID and this was kind of my like place to go and like meet yeah. people and I'm really glad I have because I feel like you're meeting people and it's not necessarily like they'll be your client even though they, they there's a good chance it's they mine, will right? but it's also just about the connections I think yeah you know and it's such a positive energy I feel yeah. like in here well I love that it's women focused and I love that it's there I mean co-working is a popular thing not everywhere but yeah. it was becoming really popular when I left Texas and it's obviously popular here when we first moved here my husband rented an office at Labor Party oh cool I don't know if they're still there or not but um but yeah it's such a need and with so many like there I talk about all the time how there's so many different ways now to make a living online um so many different ways that aren't nine to fives but at the yes. same time, you do still need a place you can go and sit and hammer out some emails yeah. or just have some time to create. Um, but I love that you get that individuality for what you're doing, but you also have that sense of community that was like your your net, like you said, with kind of navigating all of the competition. So um, that's really cool. I remember um, there was a place in Austin that made like national news because it was a women's, it kind of reminded me of this. It was oh. a women's 
co-working place, but what they did, um, I don't know if you have kids or not, but they added a daycare, like a oh, drop-in nice. daycare, and they were apparently one of the first co-working places to do that, and they made, like, national news, and it kind of oh. reminds me, kind of reminds me okay. of, of the Hive, and I was like, what a good I'm idea. I'm not a mama, but that would be very useful. Would not, yeah, and I don't know how they made it work and how they, because I, I saw one in Austin, they started one where you can drop your dog off, oh which my is gosh. such an Austin thing. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then I think they even had, like, a they rented part of it out, like, to a coffee shop, and it would serve outside, like, there was drive-through and inside, you know? Um, Cool. So, yeah, I mean, these are full-on campuses, and it's cool, because it gives you, like, if you've worked in a corporate life where you have that type of campus, um, you get that feeling, but then you can go back to your office and 100% still be the boss. Yeah. Right? So, it's really cool. Your your office is adorable, so. Well, thank um, you. There's so many times, especially when I'm writing a blog, that I'm like, and I'm working on a book right now too. Um, oh, exciting! And so sometimes I just like need a spot, just like hone in, like to write. Yeah, so I'll have to those. remember um, like a day rate or yeah. a pop in. Yeah, you should for that. come by. I feel like when I was in Austin, like I love checking out co-working spots, but I, as you probably know, they were so expensive. They were so yeah. ridiculous, and I feel like here maybe just because it's like Midwest. I mean, it's definitely affordable. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. I'm going to have to look it up because, yeah, I mean, I think my husband would rent. And I share an office, which is cool. If you can get somebody to share. Like, nice. I have somebody that, like, is a morning person. I am not. So we Same. go well. <laughs> yeah. So that's, like, a perfect situation. Yeah. I think my husband was paying, uh, like, over 100 bucks or whatever, and I didn't think it was that big a deal. I was like, okay, cool, we got to have an office, you know. But then I came and visited him, and it was just for a desk in, like, the lobby. Like, it wasn't – it was dedicated. It was his desk, yeah. but it was open. And I was like, hmm, I don't know about that, buddy. And so I, like, <laughs> moved him home because we have a spare bedroom. Um, so – but, but yeah, there's still – and most of the time – like, my family knows 15th of the month rolls around, mom's writing something. Like, that's, hmm. I'm dedicated to my readers that way. I've got to put something out on the 15th. Um, but sometimes, especially when I was working on the book, it's, like, 90% written. Um, I probably need to go through and do, like, an that's edit exciting. before it, like, sees the light of day. But, like, there would be times when I was writing the book where I was, like, okay, I just need either you guys to leave me alone or sometimes just, like, a change of, of scenery. So, um, so yeah, I'm going nice. to... Uh, I think I'm going to just go ahead and self-publish it, and I should probably do a real good edit before I do that. So maybe I need to, like, get a... I'm excited to learn more about the book. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we talked about it in last week's episode. Oh, yeah, um, but, but, yeah, it's been a, f- a few years um, coming, and it just... It, it started out trying to tell the story of, like, my family and when they immigrated here from Mexico and, like, tracking down, like, why they did it the way that they did it. Um, and then uh, it's it's Christian-based, so it talks a cool. lot about how, like, there's a Bible verse that's, like, God will straighten your path, so make your crooked path straight. And so it's, like, as I was I going that. back and trying to learn about my family, I started reflecting on all these times in my life. Um, like, for instance, I had my first son really young. Like, my husband and I were 18 and 19, like, okay. when we had our first kid. And so there's, like, all these times where, like, I royally messed up my path. <laughs> like, I royally made it, like, just the rockiest, hardest route I could take. And then there was someone there working to make sure it got straightened. And so, um, and it kind of ends with, like, kind of a Bible study, but not, like, an intense one. Um, but just kind of, like, challenge journal questions and that type of thing. So That's really cool. So, yeah, I had told myself if it ends up getting a publishing deal, awesome. But if not, I mean, the point of it is really just to get it out and just encourage like one person right yeah and so that's kind of where I'm at I'm thinking I'll probably I'm thinking what I'll do 
is post it on the blog like as a series like chapter by chapter okay. but also post it as a book on Amazon and if someone wants to just sit and read the whole thing they can like it's not to make money it's literally yeah. just to like I think that before so much distraction and entertainment which I'm thankful for I like me a good Netflix show <laughs> but I think before all this distraction we talk to each other more and I think that we were less stressed and less depressed because we could share in each other's struggles a lot of the things that we all struggle with are similar yeah and I just feel like we're not talking to each other enough enough about it so I'm like really I'm putting this story out there because I want everyone I want everyone to have books I want everyone to have blogs and tell me about what they're struggling with so we can help each other vulnerable and yes I feel like I've learned you know when I tell people about whatever else whatever struggles I have that's when people divulge about them yeah you know what I mean and it wasn't until I was like oh maybe I wasn't being vulnerable enough you know yeah, and that's that we were talking earlier about, like, being authentic online, and that's where that comes across, you know? So well, really um, cool. I'll be excited to see yes. more about it. Yeah, it's probably it's probably going to be, like, a fall project. Like, I have okay. other stuff kind of lined up for, like, for sure the rest of this month. But, um, and like I said, I need to give it, I probably need to go through it with a fine-tooth cone before I really, like, let everyone see it. Um, <laughs> I imagine but, that'll be scary to yes. release into the wild oh my gosh yes for <laughs> sure um I'm already like nervous but I'm like I can't let myself be nervous it's, nine, it's 90% written it just needs to go out so yes. so yeah oh my That's gosh exciting. well this was really cool um okay so last thing um I want you to tell I'm of course going to link to you and all that good stuff and I also want that list of the places that you suggested so I can link to them and also put them on my calendar um to go visit but tell us where we can find you and then if you have anything that you want to tease like coming up or anything um one thing I'm trying to tell people as far as like a marketing person goes is like I know it's September and I know we're just now doing back to school, but this is literally the time I'm telling all of my former clients, like, this is the time that we should be planning Christmas, like holidays, Thanksgiving, Cinco de Mayo. I mean, what, or not Cinco de Mayo, um, Dia de Muertos, like it's all coming up and usually people come to me the week before the holiday and they want to do this special or this series or this, you know, they want to send holiday cards from their business or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like, no, now is the yeah. time to I start totally really because I'm an inner procrastinator, <laughs> which is like, I got to shut that down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, this has been really fun. Thank you for so much for having me. Um, you can find me at Abedini Social, A-B-E-D-I-N-I social.com. Or if you want to follow my food account, my foodie account here, it is ICT Broke Girls. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Love it. Okay. And then you, did I see you have a news segment coming up? Yeah, this Friday I'll be on Cake News. Um, I believe it's five o'clock featuring an immigrant-owned restaurant here in Wichita. Oh my gosh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just looking ahead the other day and September 15th, September 15th or October 15th, but um, Hispanic Heritage Month is coming up. So maybe we can collab on some like, like, there's some amazing, like, Hispanic yes. foods here. Gabby's yeah. Peruvian. Yeah. I've only been to, like, a couple. Like, Juarez Bakery is, like, my favorite. Oh. Um, and and also boutiques and stuff. Like, there's a okay. Mexican import boutique over at Revolucia, and I, like, have never been in there. And oh. I'm like, I'm going to have to go. So, cool. yeah, we might have to, like, collaborate on, like, not just re- not just food, even though that's, like, the best part of I'll have to expand that. my horizons a little bit. Yeah, so we'll have to see, like, <laughs> I, like, because we have, we have markets, we have boutiques, we have 
all kinds of stuff um, in that realm. There's a there's Wichita a, is such a diverse community. Yeah, it really yeah. is. So it'll be cool to explore yeah. a little bit. So that's kind of what we'll have to plan. So yay! Cool. Okay, everyone. Well. Um, that's all I have for today. I normally end with like an ad or something, but lately I've been like, I don't really know. That was so good. Just like go and follow Ashley and keep an eye out for if we collab in the future um, and check out the places we'll suggest in the hive. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.